0: Welcome back listeners to Talking PFAS News. I'm a journalist and your host, Kayleen Bell. In the last episode of Talking PFAS News, episode 25, I discussed the recent New South Wales EPA ban on PFAS firefighting foams with lawyer Claire Smith. There are now three states in Australia with bans on PFAS containing firefighting foams, including Queensland and South Australia. Today's Talking PFAS News will be an extended edition and we will be discussing PFAS firefighting foams in Tasmania, which are not currently banned. However, in 2018, the EPA did publish a PFAS action plan for Tasmania, which was updated in 2019. Tasports Air Services and Tasmania Fire Service have taken some actions regarding PFAS foams, and details of many of these actions can be found in the PFAS Action Plan. I'll also be reading some new comments I received from them during today's episode. I chose to focus on Tasmania today because PFAS became an issue ...at the recent state election in May, which received political and media attention... ...as well as comments by Tasmania Firefighters and the United Firefighters Union. My guest today is journalist Rob Inglis from The Examiner and The Advocate newspapers in Hobart... ...and Sharon McClay, who stood in the recent state election for the Animal Justice Party in the seat of Lions... And prior to that, for almost 30 years, she was a professional firefighter in Victoria with the MFB, and PFAS became one of her election issues. In Tasmania, PFAS has been detected in the environment at Launceston Airport, Hobart Airport, and the Tasmania Fire Services Training Facility at Cambridge. Assessments have been completed and reviewed by the TFS PFAS Working Group. Only the Cambridge facility has been identified by the Working Group as requiring further assessment and management. Because of the public interest in what foams are being used, by TFS. I'll be reading my questions and the TFS answers in full. It's important to note that I received the statements from TFS, Air Services and ports after my interviews with Rob Inglis and Sharon McClay. Now to today's episode, where we begin with Rob Inglis. I'm a
1: journalist with The Examiner and The Advocate newspapers in Tasmania. I work in the Hobart office for both papers, so those papers are in the northwestern north of the state.
0: Okay, and I know The Examiner has done some reporting on PFAS in the past, and recently we're going to discuss a couple of your recent articles But have you done much reporting on PFAS?
1: I haven't done a great deal, to be honest, but I have done a couple of stories just recently. During the election campaign down here in the last month and a bit, there's been, it really was an issue that that came to the fore a bit. probably wasn't super prominent, but yeah, as with a lot of election campaigns, some of these issues that have sort of been dormant for a while, comes to before.
0: Exactly. And that's why I called you today because I wanted to discuss a couple of those recent articles that you have written on PFAS. Can you just talk about the one that was published on April 21, the title of that one and what it was about in a brief summary?
1: Sure. The headline was is ablaze over use of toxic foam in Tasmania. And so essentially what happened was the United Firefighters Union, the state branch of the union, sort of came out publicly and really expressed their concerns over the sort of continued use of PFAS foams by the Tasmania Fire Service down here. And so essentially they're calling for the TFS to really allow for, um, firefighters to be tested to sort of determine their levels of PFAS that they've been exposed to. And while the TFS is actively transitioning out of using PFAS foams, there are concerns that it's not happening quickly enough. And in terms of the testing idea, they, um, aren't keen on it. The TFS, they said, I believe they said experts had told them that such tests would have no diagnostic value.
0: Is there anybody monitoring this phase out?
1: Yeah, so the TFS has a working group that is specifically set up to monitor this kind of process of phasing out PFAS foams. And as part of that, there's been a number of audits that have taken place to um, determine just how much PFAS foams are in use, I suppose, or have been in the past.
0: To my question... I understand TFS has a working group that has been conducting audits of its firefighting foam stocks. Is that correct? The TFS reply was, The Department of Police, Fire and Emergency Management's PFAS Working Group provides advice and recommendations to TFS management in relation to the impact of PFAS. The responsibility for conducting audits lies with operational personnel in each region. Personnel are aware that if they find legacy stock, they are required to report this. To my question, has the TFS been conducting audits of its firefighting foam stocks and is this information publicly available? The TFS reply was, TFS operational personnel have conducted multiple audits of fire stations and other sites to identify and dispose of any residual stocks of foam containing PFOS and PFOA. TFS has established a retrieval and disposal process for any legacy stock that is located outside the audit process. You also wrote an article recently in May. That was around the time of the election, wasn't it?
1: It was actually on the day of the election that it was published. Yes, I worked on that just in the couple of days leading up to election day.
0: And what was that one called and what was it about?
1: Yeah, so that one was called Tasmanian firefighters refused to use PFAS foam linked to cancer. There was quote marks around linked to cancer, obviously, because, well, the jury's still out, I guess, in some respects, in terms of the evidence or the agreement on the evidence.
0: Yeah, there's associations, very widely reported,
1: so the gist of the story essentially is that firefighters at the Tasmania Fire Service's Cambridge Training Facility, which is actually very close to the Hobart Airport, they discovered that there was firefighting foam, or the chemical used in it at least, being stored at the facility called Tridol, and Tridol contains PFAS chemicals, and so they put a note on the container containing the chemicals sort of saying you know don't use this basically for the benefit of other uh, firefighters.
0: So in the picture in your article it's got a picture of a, a, a yellow sign there that says danger out of service that's the sign you're talking about?
1: That's right that's right so that was an action they took themselves.
0: And what are their concerns that they're sharing with you?
1: They're mainly just concerned about Tridol itself and whether they've find themselves in a situation where they were asked to use it and it does contain PFAS chemicals. According to the TFS, it doesn't contain PFAS,
0: To my question, can TFS please confirm if it still holds PFAS-containing foams, and at which locations in Tasmania? The TFS reply is: TFS holds Angus Tridol ATF Class B foam in order to maintain an operational response capability for use in the extremely rare event of a large fuel spill or fire. This is for the protection of all members of the community to ensure that these rare fires can be extinguished effectively. While this. Foam contains chemicals from the PFAS group. It does not contain PFOS or PFOA. Bulk storage of Tridol ATF is located at our two major regional facilities in Hobart and Launceston. In the rare event an incident requires a Class B foam response, it is transported from the bulk supply. This product is only used when the fuel and the foam can be contained with bunding to prevent either substance from spreading.
1: On that second story, just to get the TFS's perspective across, the TFS Deputy Chief Officer Jeff Harper said PFOS and PFOA, the sort of most well-known PFAS chemicals, were no longer used by the TFS. And so he said Tridol is a product used specifically for fighting fuel fires, which are extremely rare, and that, um, Tridol contains chemicals that are part of the PFAS group, but does not contain PFOS or PFOA. And so then he went on to say uh, some tridol is stored at Cambridge for emergencies and if the nature of a fuel fire requires its use then it may be used. And he just concluded by saying TFS are developing plans to transition out of all foams that contain PFAS. But as you can see from the stories I've written, the firefighters aren't sort of satisfied by, I suppose, the progress that's being made or, or the rate of progress that's being made in terms of um, really phasing out the use of all PFAS foams.
0: To my question, who is overseeing TFS transition away from fluorine PFAS-containing firefighting foams? The TFS reply was, TFS senior leadership team continues to monitor the latest scientific And health advice published by the federal government in relation to PFAS and any transition away from firefighting foams containing PFAS will be based on that advice. And why is Tasmania not banning this chemical?
1: It's a good question. I suppose the more people talk about the issue, the more likely that the government will feel pressure to do something potentially. It's, it's not something that's obviously going to go away. Um, firefighters, are, it's something they're passionate about down here as they are across the country, so I wouldn't say that they're going to just stop talking about it anytime soon.
0: Thanks for talking with me today, Rob, on Talking PFAS News.
1: My pleasure. Good to, good to chat.
0: Thank you. Please don't go away just yet, listeners. In the updated PFAS Action Plan for Tasmania, it says TFS are finalising an audit and collection of PFAS product held within the organisation. Disposal of 9,815 litres of PFAS legacy product has occurred. The Department of Police, Fire and Emergency Management's PFAS Working Group provides advice and recommendations to Tasmania Fire Service Management. PFAS issues are being managed nationally through the Intergovernmental Agreement on a National Framework for Responding to PFAS. Now I have a second interview for you with Sharon McClay. Sharon explains why she chose to make PFAS an election issue.
2: So my name's Sharon Maclay and I stood at the recent state election for the Animal Justice Party in the seat of lions. And prior to that, for almost 30 years, I was a professional firefighter in Victoria with the MFB that's now Victorian Fire Rescue. During the campaign, it came to my attention that Tasmania was the only state in Australia still using PFAS-based foams and that they had it in storage. That worried me greatly because I know that in Victoria they stopped using it in 2014 so I wanted to know more about why we were still using it and I'm still trying to get the minister to meet me so
0: we can get it put to a stop. Who told you that Tasmania is the only state still using PFAS foams? Came via the United Firefighters Union.
2: It shocked me because I knew Victoria had stopped. So the natural thing was to then find out, well, okay, do the airports down here, because they're federal, do they still use it? No, they don't. They've moved to a different supposedly
0: PFAS-free phone And the docs down here have. A spokesperson from the Air Services Australia advised me by email the following. Air Services transitioned to a PFAS-free firefighting foam in late 2010 for all training and incident responses at all civilian airports. This transition was completed in November 2010 at both Hobart and Launceston airports. Air Services uses Solberg RF6 rehealing foam. This foam is entirely PFAS-free. It has no long or short-chain PFAS. The foams are completely free of fluorine. We do not retain any old foams containing PFAS. Training activities using operational foam at local airport facilities ceased in 2010. I received quite a detailed response from Tasports Manager Environment, Charlie Livesey. Here's just a couple of actions they have taken regarding PFAS firefighting foams in Tasmania. TASPORTS actively participates in Tasmania's Environmental Protection Agency, PFAS Steering Committee, and in 2018 played a key role in preparing the PFAS Action Plan for Tasmania. In February 2017, TASPORTS implemented an organisation-wide aqueous film-forming foam, AFFF, management framework. This framework has guided the removal and replacement of firefighting foam stock containing PFAS within the business. Since the completion of a trial in 2018 to safely dispose of PFAS-containing foam, TASPorts has worked with GeoCycle to undertake ongoing disposal of materials Related to PFAS containing foam. Tasports has undertaken the safe and successful removal of all bulk PFAS containing foam from its towage fleet. Tasports advised it is currently investing more than $8 million to replace the existing fire protection system at its Self's Point fuel facility within the port of Hobart. A key aspect of the Self's Point fire system upgrade involves the safe removal of existing firefighting foam containing PFAS at the site. TASPorts, through industry engagement, has designed a system which is at the forefront of fire systems using fluorine-free foam within Australia. However, Tasports did not answer the question as to the name of the firefighting foam that they currently use. So working with the union um, nationally
2: and Victorian State Branch and Tasmanian State Branch, that's how I came to understand where it was being used and where it was not being
0: used. In 2018 in Australia, there was an inquiry into the management of PFAS contamination in and around defence bases. This inquiry was run by the Joint Standing Committee on Foreign Affairs, Defence and Trade. Following this inquiry a class action against the Department of Defence, settled for $212 million. Following the original PFAS inquiry on the 18th of September 2019, the Joint Standing Committee on Foreign Affairs, Defence and Trade initiated an inquiry into the elimination and remediation of PFAS-related impacts in and around defence bases. But this inquiry is called the Remediation of PFAS Related Impacts and Ongoing Scrutiny and Review. So far, this inquiry has held 10 public hearings from the 25th of November 2019 to the 7th of December 2020. They have interviewed The ANU, the Department of Defence, the Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Department of Health, Food Standards Australia and New Zealand, the United Firefighters Union of Australia, Macquarie University, CRC Care, CSIRO and also some remediation companies. All of those transcripts are available if you look up PFAS Inquiry in Australia and I'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. In a public hearing held on the 24th of August, 2020, in Canberra, Mr Michael Tisbury from the United Firefighters Union was the only person to give evidence at that hearing. Were you aware that there was an ongoing PFAS inquiry in Australia? Very peripherally. On Monday, the 24th of August, 2020, the chair of that particular hearing asked Mick Tisbury, are we still using... PFHXS foams here in Australia. I know that PFOS and PFOA have been banned but are we still using PFHXS? Mr Tisbury said sorry Senator PFOS and PFOA actually haven't been banned. I can still take you to fire stations now that have got PFOS and PFOA. So not only have they not banned it but they are still being used? I would not think it would be the professional services, but I think it would
2: be very hard in some of the smaller brigades to ensure it, and obviously Tasmania is quite open in their commentary that they'll keep it until
0: they find a, a suitable replacement. So the chair said to Mick Tisbury's evidence, so you're saying that PFOS and PFOA are still being used in Australia? And he said, yes, there's no federal law banning it. Yeah, um, and there should be pretty immediately. In the run-up to the election, you had a press conference, I believe, in Hobart.
2: It was a joint press conference with the Animal Justice Party and the United Firefighters Union of Tasmania to try and once again ask the government to ask the Tasmanian Fire Service to get rid of their PFAS foam stocks and to replace it with ecologically sound foam which is being used in other fire services.
0: Who was present at that press conference?
2: Uh, we had the National Secretary of the UFU, Peter Marshall. We had Stephen McCallum who's the UFU organiser in Tasmania. We had Lee Hills who's the Secretary and Mick Tisbury who's the Vice President of the UFU Victorian Branch and we had um, Jenny Thomasworth, who's the Convener of the Ambulance Justice Party.
0: Was that press conference filmed on TV? Yes it was. Channel 7 and 9 and I also gave
2: some commentary to ABC Radio Hobart. We had it on
0: Wednesday the 21st of April in Hobart. And what was the key points that were put forward in that press conference? Key points were
2: that other fire services have stopped using it. The TFS still has stocks of it and will not say what they are using, if they're not using a PFAS foam, and they really need to test their firefighters' bloods, as other fire services are doing, decontaminate their appliances and replace the foams with PFAS, with Solberg or other foams that don't have it. So this was in an article by Rob Inglis. All right, TFS spokesperson said the TFS had actively been reducing the impact of PFAS in its workplace conducting multiple audits of foam quantities containing PFOS and PFOA. In my opinion, they're not being completely truthful with the public. If they're still auditing foam stocks that have got PFAS in them, well, that tells us that they must have foam with PFAS in it because you can't count something you don't have. And they say, well, B-class foam is still required in operational response in rare circumstances an alternative B-class foam product is being used which does not contain PFOS or PFOA. What?
0: Have you made inquiries of the
2: TFS yourself to ask them? I've made inquiries of the minister and I'll be making another one
0: today in an email to him, asking him again now that the election result is in. So for the listeners that aren't sure who you're talking about, the minister for... Uh, For fire in Tasmania, who is Mark Shelton? Or he was,
2: whether he he holds that ministry remains to be seen.
0: So what have you specifically asked, just so we're clear on that one?
2: What foam are you using? You're saying you've got an alternative, but what is the TFS using? It's a reasonable question, isn't it? Yeah. Just give us the brand, give us what it is,
0: and we can look into it and satisfy ourselves that it's a safe foam. Following my interviews with Rob Inglis and Sharon McClay I asked some questions of the Tasmania Fire Service on the 27th of May and I received their quick response on the 28th of May. To my question can TFS please provide the names of all PFAS containing firefighting foams that it still uses in Tasmania and what it would use if required. The TFS reply is Angus Tridol 3-6% ATF Class B Foam for use in contained and bunded large flammable liquid spills or fires. TFS stocks this product for this specific reason and it is not used for any other application or purpose. To my question, can TFS please provide the names of all non-PFAS firefighting foams that it currently uses in Tasmania? TFS provided the name of three foams. First, FozCheck WD881A Class A foam, which can be used in fires involving vegetation, wood or paper or textiles. It's predominantly used on vegetation fires. Two, Forexpan S Class A foam, which is used for the same types of fires as FozCheck. And TFS said the 4xpan S product has now been superseded by Foscheck due to new supplier arrangements and minimal legacy stocks remain. And third, Angus Expendol, a Class B high-expansion foam that can be used for various types of fires and is particularly effective in compartment fires such as ships and boats. And I'll put up the list of those foams that TFS say they're now using in the show notes. And we need to know that their appliances have been adequately decontaminated as well. Yes, I was talking to Mick Tisbury about that in Victoria. He's developed a 36-step decontamination process and apparently it costs about $14,000 to decontaminate one truck and it will take two to three days.
2: It's a very tenacious little beast. And it stays around, as you know, and
0: people cannot keep treating it with such flippant apathy. To my question, I understand the TFS was provided three decontaminated fire trucks sent from Victoria on the spirit of Tasmania to TFS to use while TFS decontaminated its own trucks. Can you please confirm? The TFS replied, In 2019, the TFS purchased three Decontaminated heavy pumper fire trucks from Metropolitan Fire Brigade to replace the fire trucks in the TFS fleet that had the highest levels of PFOS and PFOA. These trucks are not currently used for firefighting, one is used for driver training, and the other two are not currently assigned to operational use. All three pumpers will be decommissioned and removed from service by the end of June 2021. To my question, I understand that one of these trucks has since had a PFAS firefighting foam placed in it. Can you confirm? The TFS replied, Recent testing identified elevated levels of PFAS in two of the ex-MFB trucks, indicating they had previously stored Class B foam. The tanks of these trucks have been drained and flushed, and the trucks are no longer used for firefighting. To my question... I understand the cost to decontaminate one of these trucks is about $14,000. How much has the TFS spent on decontamination of its fire trucks and when did the decontamination occur? The TFS replied, TFS is conducting a heavy pumper replacement program which prioritises replacement of those trucks with the highest levels of PFOS and PFOA contamination. Since November 2019, Three heavy pumpers out of 21 in the TFS fleet have been decommissioned and replaced with newly built trucks. Another three were replaced with XMFB trucks. What was the response from the Tasmanian Fire Service or general response to your press conference?
2: They had a spokesperson basically come out and use words that would reflect the fact that they're not using it but that are not entirely representative of the facts that they do have stores of it. They didn't name what they
0: are using. They just completely stonewall on that. Sharon, did you decide to run as a candidate because of the PFAS issue?
2: No, but once I found out about it, because I've been a firefighter previously in Victoria for almost 30 years, and I knew that Victoria had stopped using it in 2014, it became a central issue to me because of its potential harms to not just human animals, but all animals in the environment and the way it can get into the food chain and the way it's got a a residual effect.
0: You mean how it bioaccumulates, don't you, when you say residual effect?
2: Yeah. Exactly. And it's, its potential for harm is too great to be ignored.
0: What was the result of the election for
2: you? We were unsuccessful in getting elected. However, we got a, a very good 2% of the vote, which was quite unexpected and we were most grateful for that. But it won't mean that I give up trying to get PFAS banned or at least get them to stop using it in Tasmania. I'll keep pushing that barrow regardless.
0: So will you be taking off the political hat and putting on an advocate hat or will you try to maintain both? Probably maintain both as,
2: and, and probably a third one is just a concerned member of the public in Tasmania who is just a little bit gobsmacked that people aren't taking this seriously. And it's a real worry, Kayleen, that Tasmania is going to become a little bit of a laggard in this, where we may actually find ourselves a bit of a dumping ground for the stuff if we're not careful.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, because as regulations increase around the country, people will be looking for those locations where there are no regulations. So very good point. Mm, It's a real worry. Thank you very much for talking with me today, Sharon.
2: Oh, my pleasure, Kayleen. And thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. And I admire your tenacity and your persistence greatly. It's such a difficult area to get information about.
0: It is a very difficult area to get information. And as a journalist, I can't tell you that it's easy for me either. I certainly... Can understand communities that have been affected by PFAS, the frustration that they've expressed in the past of not being able to get information, but hopefully transparency will improve in Australia around this issue. It, it should. Well, I fear for future generations if it doesn't.
2: I really do, um, because we know that this bio accumulates. We know that it's nasty. We don't even know the full uh, aspects of its its toxic
0: repertoire yet. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Talking PFAS News. And special thanks to Tasmania Fire Service, TasPorts, and Air Services Australia for their quick responses to my questions before this episode was published. The next Talking PFAS News will be published on Monday, the fourteenth of June. And the next Talking PFAS feature episode will be published on Thursday, the 17th of June. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share and perhaps consider subscribing to the podcast. And remember, all information in today's episode is copyright. Please contact me for reuse permission at talkingpfas at gmail.com. Thanks very much. See you next time.